You found the Love Flight Podcast. I'm Paul Tizard, Fear of Flying Coach, and I've been helping Nervous Flyers since 1997. So in this podcast, you are going to find aviation experts, psychologists, coaches, enthusiasts, and people normal, just like you, who have overcome their fears. Welcome. want to say thank you to you all because without you it just would be nothing it'd just be me rabbiting away which was for the first few episodes and then I don't know who suggested it but said get some real stories on there and I've really enjoyed that I think it really brings it to life for me so what have I learned what have I had confirmed that's uh, over this journey of listening to so many people's amazing stories of facing their fears and I'd have to say you are resourceful. I've always sort of known this and as a coach, and I've been a coach over 20 odd years now. And yes, whilst I've got a psychology background, I've got aviation, I've served a little bit of time in the military and I've done a few other jobs and stuff. But I'd say at my heart, I feel like I'm a coach. And what a coach does is help people to solve their own problems. So providing resources, asking the right question, giving you space to think things through, identify your motivation, work out what is what you're being stopped from doing by not flying, what you need to move towards if you want to fly, what the risks are, what you'll be giving up if you don't fly ever again. And that's what coaches do. They sort of hold up the problem and go, OK, this is the situation. What are you going to do about it? Because and I do firmly believe this, that people can solve this themselves. They just sometimes need a little bit of help, a bit of a nudge. And sometimes you just need some answers. So people are resourceful. Uh, people can solve it themselves. One of the things we know about fear of flying is you're not born with it. It's something that you learn at some point. You get into a bad habit and then you repeat it, just like you learn anything. If you want to learn something, connections are formed in the brain like pathways and the more you practice anything whether it's typing a language any any skill anything at all that you learn your brain is like a and because of we know about neuroplasticity it, it forms these pathways and and we know that actually you can always learn something new so all is not lost and this is not a viewpoint of mine this is something that i've been so delighted through my studies recently to see it's been proven that people can change their pathways their brain shape patterns you know there's been some research around people who do meditation and mindfulness and even parts of yoga you know where you're you're forcing yourself to just let go of things and do certain patterns that you can change the way your brain functions and so i think that there's hope for us all as long as we don't have that sort of fixed fixed mindset it's always possible to feel differently about it and it's not a race it's it takes as long as it takes often people say to me what's the best therapy and I say well it's the one that works isn't it and nothing's wasted sometimes people say to me 
I've tried everything and I'm and I can't get rid of the fear. And without sounding glib, but all right, maybe I will. You haven't tried everything because if you tried everything, that well, you haven't. You haven't because you've just haven't found the thing yet. Or maybe you're just not ready to give it up yet because one of the things we know about fear of flying that there are also secondary gains which people often resist and get quite angry when you suggest that to them but there is a hidden benefit for some people of having the fear it gives you know it gives people control because they don't have to do this thing or they just don't like it or it gives them you know so for some people there is actually a benefit to it so even if they can't see it or won't admit to it but obviously that's not the case for everybody but i want to say if you are in the camp that says i've tried everything keep going because you haven't tried everything because if you had something would have worked and it might be just that you're not ready to let go of it yet you need to give yourself a good look in the mirror and go what's going on here am i secretly wanting to keep it you know do i you know be honest with yourself because there's no judgment here if, if that's how you feel that's fine maybe you're not ready to get rid of it yet but there's no reason why anybody when they apply enough pressure and time that something you know that things will change that's just the way it goes and what we found and so what i would say i've confirmed from listening to all these amazing stories over the last 150 episodes is that people when they make a, con a consistent effort and keep chipping away at the fear day by day that they are able to change their mindset and once you're able to change your mindset and go you know do you know what i actually could like it and give yourself permission not to be perfect you don't have to you know it's not going to be a case of you'll fly and then you'll love it you'll be cartwheeling down the jetway onto the aircraft woohoo let me on that might not be the case for you you know it might be a case of that you just felt a bit better or that you're able to eat or sleep on the flight or you got to go to the loo or you didn't have to sit in a certain seat these are all major victories but to the person who's trying to beat their fear they don't seem like it because you have this visualization of being perfect you know when i was younger i used to love flying you know well that person is still there there's no reason why not they'll come they won't come back you know but also not everybody loves it. I mean, I was feeling very, very fortunate. So over the weekend, I flew over to Canada, as you do, you know, literally for two nights to see John Bond. So me and Susan Mundrum, John Bond, we met up. We happened to meet Gita and we were there as well, which was really nice. We've had a, a little round of meals lately. So we met up with Peter and Janet um, up in Manchester sadly sarah was unable to join us sarah who does a lot of the work on the 30-day program and the webinars and then uh, john and i met up with captain steve back at gatwick as well so and we've had some visits of some facilities so there will be courses coming soon but we are just confirming dates and so we all just we're going to do something different to what i used to do before but hopefully something really cool as well so but we can't tell you much until we've actually got the dates because i'm i'm no i'm prone to blabbing so but uh yes that's coming down the aisle but i was just i was, I was flying out and i thought and um susan said to me you booked the flight so um who are we flying with and i went i don't know actually and i booked it through booking.com because it was the cheapest fare and she said okay so could you send the tickets to me and I went, oh yeah, I'll try and find them. Oh, crap. I haven't uh, actually done the pre-thingies. I've got to do this ETA, ETA thing, which is a bit like the America. For going to the US, we have to do an ESTA, which is like, you know, a, a thing. I'd literally left it to the last minute. I was thinking, oh my God. 
And then she says, so who, are, how, who are we flying with? And I went, I've no idea. So I had to have a good route around. I found Air Transat. I said, oh, Air Transat, you know, they're really good. I've heard of them, you know. Um, and then, and who are we flying back with? I said, oh, uh, hang on a second. Oh, it's the same, same people. So I booked the seats because I always pre-book the seats. I know it's a bit of a, I get a little bit annoyed because I remember the days when you didn't have to pay for everything. But I pre-booked the seats and which was that extra hidden charge that we often don't see with the no frills airlines. Now, not Air, Tra Air Transat is not a no frills, but you still have to pay to book your seats per head. And a lot of airlines do this now. It's pretty standard. But I remember the day when you didn't have to. You didn't even have to have to pay for exit seats. It was just like kind of luck of the draw, you know. But anyway, those days have gone. So I pre-booked the seats. We did get food and all the rest of it on board the aircraft. It was all included in the price, which was great. But, you know, I was like, I was thinking, oh. So when I got on board the aircraft, I was looking around and thought, oh, it looks like an Airbus. I don't know what this one is. And then I realised it was a Neo, uh, an A321 Neo. Never been on one of those. I thought, ah, right. Uh, the, the, the long range one. So it's good. So it's longer than the other ones and it's made slightly differently. And I saw the crew all sat at the back. They're having their crew rest because there wasn't a separate crew rest area, which some aircraft have. So they were sleeping in this kind of cordoned off area. So just having a rest for about, you know, half an hour or so. And because, you know, there's no way it's not like you can go to a restaurant or a canteen when you're on board the aircraft. You're on show the whole time. So they just try and find themselves a little bit of time just to have something to eat because it was still an eight hour flight. And, you know, with the two hours before check in and then they have to disembark and all the rest of it. So it's a long old day. And, uh, and I was thinking, oh, right. I, I, so I didn't know who it was. I wasn't bothered. Then I was like, oh, it's an A320. I couldn't tell you anything about it. It had a single aisle, wasn't bothered, just thought. And I felt, and I thought to myself, I must remember how lucky I am that this none of this bothers me. It, it's not even a, a register. I, I was stressed about things like getting to the airport on time. The, the bit that stresses me out is the security and, you know, like the bags that don't get nicked and somebody at on the security is going to be horrible to you and then say, oh, you can't take that through. And, and, you know, I was expecting all that. You know, that's what I worry about, getting there on time and making sure I have time to do, have breakfast because these are the important things in life. So flying back, it was another aircraft that I hadn't been on either for a long time as a, an A330, which is a, a two aisles, a brand one of the brand new ones. So this was like fantastic, you know, two aircraft types I haven't been on and I wasn't even thinking about this at all and and it this was just the experience of modern aircraft just remind you that god how far you've come i didn't actually think it was that comfortable but we did have in-flight entertainment so i was like able to squeeze in a couple of movies but sitting there for seven and a half hours i just thought god this is so boring and i was kind of reminded that you know i'm not a nervous flyer but I still have this structure hunger, which is this need to make sense of the time, you know, because just sitting there going forward, you, mean, you can't you can't sense it. We barely had any turbulence, you know, and if we did, I didn't really notice it. And so we're going along at 500 miles an hour, about five miles up in the sky, and you can't feel it. It's just, it's so hard to imagine that this three or 400 tonne thing, full of all of us humans, and all our luggage and the cargo is able to do that sort of thing. and it was just blows your mind that we just i just take that for granted it was just so i was trying to take a moment to appreciate how lucky we are to
to have modern aviation. So it just got me thinking about it. But anyway, so I told you it'd be a stream of consciousness and maybe a little bit of structure. But it just made me think that actually it's possible for anybody to get to that place where they can enjoy flying or at least it be a non-event, you know, like be any other form of transport, like, oh, groan, I've got to sit on a you know, I've got to sit on a coach for eight hours. I've got to sit on a train for eight hours. I've got to sit on a plane for eight hours. What's the difference? Well, apart from the safety, the the difference is not much. You know, it's just the fact that you've got a form of transport going along and you're going to be on it for a long time and we just need to structure it. So how do you get to that? So I firmly believe, and I think this is the sort of like the closing point I'll make about this, is that it's entirely possible for anyone provided they want to and they look themselves in the mirror and say yeah I definitely want to and there's a, a benefit for them getting over their fear of flying and there's consequences if they don't there's no reason why anybody can't beat their fear it might not be that they're complete we don't say the word cured because there's nothing wrong with you and so we say you can overcome your fear you can find you might have a normal level of anxiety about travel that the rest of us have but there's no reason why people can't get to a place that they feel much, much happier about flying because it's just a case of chipping away at it day by day, which is why I come back to one of the first things that we released was the 30 day program. Uh, deliberately so, because we wanted to give people something that was a daily video that would give them about 10 minutes a day, just some information around mindset, technical cabin crew training, human factors. And so far, that has been like the most popular thing that we've done. Of course, we are revamping it at the moment and we've got other plans to do in terms of, oh, I nearly said it then, nearly gave it away. Uh, but we've got a few other ideas that we're working on and hopefully you'll hear about those soon. But I just want to say really in closing, um, unashamedly positive, people are purposeful, you have the resources within you, you just need to find the thing that to go towards and to, to think about the consequences of you not flying. And, and once you think about that and you keep moving forward and keep taking on information and you find the thing that works for you, whatever that may be, some people find CBT, NLP, EMDR, TFT, RESPECT, whatever it is that works for you is the thing that is the thing that will work. And it's not that it's any right thing. It's just about it could be a timing thing and nothing is wasted. So even if you sort of you're reading books, you listen to the podcasts or whatever you're doing and you think none of this is helping. It is. You just can't perceive it yet. But at some point, eventually, you'll start to notice you'll be letting go of that fear. And that is one of the main messages I think I've taken from some of these fantastic people that have come forward and shared their stories and for all the future ones no doubt it'll be the same and that even could be you who knows so just want to say thank you very much for listening being part of a, the love fly journey 150 podcasts three years old now i mean who knew and here we are so Hopefully in the future, we'll have some even more exciting things to talk about as well and just keep building on it and keep helping people that want to be helped. And lastly, for all of those that are helping each other, which a lot of you are doing on Instagram and on the Facebook group. Thank you. Just please thank you very much for, keep, for doing that and for being part of this Love Fly journey that we're all on. 
and uh, we are so so grateful that we can't it's really hard to express it but thank you thank you for listening to the love fly podcast i hope you're finding it helpful with your fear of flying now if you do need some extra tailored help you can go to our website lovefly.co.uk and click on the courses button you'll find more help there such as our 30-day program and our on-demand webinar thanks again See you next time.